Hello and welcome to Non-Breaking Space, which you can find online at nonbreakingspace.tv. Non-Breaking Space is a show where we'll seek out the best, brightest, and smartest folks on the web and talk about how and why they do what they do. Your hosts are Christopher Schmidt and Dave McFarlane, two web designers, authors, and trainers who have a passion for sharing knowledge about the web. I'm Chris from Canada, web designer, podcaster. Christopher and Dave invite along to help push the record button and keep everyone on track here on Non-Breaking Space. Our guest for this episode is Chris Coyer. Chris is well known for his screencasts and tutorials at CSSTricks.com. Previously, he'd worked for Wufu and SurveyMonkey. He's actually joining us for our 2012 year-end in review wrap-up spectacular super-duper episode. So I'll get right to it and pass it off to Christopher and Dave. Hey, thanks, Chris. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Hi, Christopher. Uh, It's going well. I just turned in my last chapter for my update to my CSS book. Woo! So I'm sort of free. Dude, I thought you'd be like, like, are you just... uh, super animated or are you just super drained like are you just like how's that feel to be done oh well i'm in the middle of doing this documentary so i have that i gotta get it done this month and then i'm going to your conference and i'm doing a day-long you know thing so i've got like all this stuff to do so i'm not really oh wow feeling elated i feel like okay i got that done now i'm moving on to these other two things okay. and get them done but okay all right well it's, oh, it sounds like you're busy so congratulations thank you uh, i know it's a it's a big achievement after doing like 10 of them or whatever myself but but yeah it's totally yes. yeah yeah no i'm glad it's i mean you know it's never really done you turn in the chapter and then yeah. there's one level of revisions and then there's right. another level and then you right. know then it takes two months and then it comes out so right cool but awesome. anyway i'm super excited i yeah. wish we had him on earlier because then i could have asked him all these questions that i you know had to figure out on my own for my book but <laughs> we've got chris coyer from css tricks welcome chris hi guys <laughs> Oh, and also from the fabulous Shop Talk Show podcast. Mm, Indeed. Yes. Indeed. That's the last time we had you on was the the (laughs) famous uh, world-renowned Shop Talk Show crossover. Oh, that's right. I was like, was that pre-Shop Talk Show? No, it was not. It was, we did a crossover. Yeah. That that happened. That really happened. Yeah. 2012. So, yeah. So, um, one thing we didn't do in that that show, though, was... uh, Ask you how you got into the industry? And oh, it was uh, we didn't uh, we didn't go back in time. No, we didn't go back in time. It, it, so you wouldn't mind just you know telling us like how we you do got that now? Yeah, kind of. Uh, it's not super interesting. I think it's a pretty similar story to a lot of people. You know, like I was just going to college for computer science. Um, you know, because I was kind of a computer nerd before that. I was like, you know, going to college and picking a major was like kind of a non-choice because I was just grew up with computers and I was like, that seems like a good career. And I liked computers and uh, picking a computery major in college seemed like a good idea. So I did. Um, uh, that's far back enough, right? We don't need to cover like early childhood, I feel like. <laughs> no. Were there any traumas that led you to web design? No. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a mechanical rabbit that was my friend. <laughs> uh, but, 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 but computer science was like a really big major at the college I was at. It was like it's, you know, re, you know, a lot of colleges are like renowned for one particular thing or something like, oh, it's a huge nursing school or whatever. We were like a comp sci school kind of. I don't know what that means exactly, but it was kind of very, it was kind of, 
it's very serious there. There's a lot of people in it, uh, but the classes were just awful. You know what? What got in? What what I enjoyed about about programming and stuff before that was simple stuff like let's just make a little game, and we made it. And you know, I, I was in. I was. We were writing in Turbo Pascal in high school, and I thought that was super cool. But we didn't touch on that at all in college. Right away, it was like assembly, and and then and then and that sucked, and I barely got through it. And then uh, took classes in, uh, and I kind of was avoiding comp sci classes. I was like, I'll. Oh, take those later <laughs> and then it was and there was a java class and i just i just hated it and and um, you know the teachers were boring and whatever so i had four but by, by this time i had four years of comp sci under my belt needed to, to do a few more and then i was just gonna get out of get out of there with my with my dumb little computer science degree but i was kind of bummed out because i was like god now my whole life's gonna be this too this thing that i'm not enjoying that i thought i would uh and and i was living with uh my friend Jeff, who's a was art and ceramics major, and he's always been like his life has had a very clear trajectory from day one. He's like, I like ceramics. I am going to spend every second of every day of my life in ceramics, and it's just been that way since like elementary school. And now he still does that to this day. And but but anyway, like he was in, uh, we were you know friends and always have been. And in his life as an art student <laughs> at college was like so much awesomer than my life. You know, he's like hanging out at with art chicks at art parties, and you know his life was like you know coming home from it, like the day to day was more open for him. It's just like oh, I'm just going to go to the studio and work. You know, my art professors just know that the best thing they can do for me is just. You know, kind of let me do whatever I want as long as I'm producing art. Everything will be okay. You know, <laughs> those day was just <laughs> go into the studio when I feel like it and get good grades. You know, it's like ah, oh, ah, oh, <laughs> your life is so much cooler than mine. Uh, and I was like way jealous of that, but I was into ceramics too, kind of. I wasn't ever as good as him or quite as passionate about it as he was, but uh, but I still liked it and I was still into it. And I was like, I'm just going to copy you essentially <laughs> and I'm going to switch to ceramics too because I like it and I don't um, I don't like where my life is headed with this comp sci degree. So I'm just going to see where it heads if I switch to art. So I ended up getting my college degree in ceramics as well. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, yeah, so it was just a BA, not a BFA or anything, and I didn't, I didn't go to, I didn't, and I certainly didn't go get an MFA or anything. But yeah, that was it, and then, and then I kind of graduated with that, kind of with like an oh crap kind of situation, <laughs> you know, like you know, the the trajectory is a little more clear when you're comp sci, right? Like yeah, you're even courted for out of college. They're like, come work with us at Amerabank in <laughs> or whatever. Is that a bank? Probably, <laughs> probably. And it was like it was even. You know, it was like updating code for the year 2000 switch or whatever. I mean, it was a little after that, but not long enough. I, I f- kind of figured that's what I was working on or would be working on. Anyway, uh, my parents are both in pr- the printing industry. So my stepdad owns a screen printing business, Madison, Wisconsin. And my mom sells printing for offset lithography places, you know, kind of a, a bunch of different ones, including now Park Printing in Verona, Wisconsin, who printed, ended up kind of printing my book, digging into WordPress and stuff. Anyway, the, the printing industry has been uh, been a part of my life forever, you know, kind of like that's just what, you know, that's the shop talk around our house is print. Right. Uh, and so with, with, with some computer skills and with some art skills, I was able to get into pre-press after college just because it's kind of like anybody can learn how to do it. It's pretty, it's like technical computer work. It's not programming. It's just like preparing documents 
to go on a press. So you'll, you know, you'll get a brochure from a designer. It's probably an InDesign or Cork or whatever, and you have to like kind of export the, you know, make sure everything's in good order, make sure there's bleed, make sure there's all that stuff, and then and then export it and and, and lay it out in such a way that it will. You know, make sense on large press sheets and the things back up to what they need to back up to and all that stuff. And the end result of the pre-press's job is, is essentially plates. At an, at an offset place, you know, it prints it prints Z, Y, M, K, and then if it's a big six-color press, it'll print like a, a you know a wash or a or a varnish or whatever, and then like maybe a spot color if you're it's like a company that has like a particular color that. Um, can't really be replicated super well with CMYK. It's to, you know, they have like American Family Red or whatever. I don't know. You know where I'm going with this. Anyway, it was it was years and years of 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 it was a I think press work. Ameribank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I bounced around in pre press, uh, putting a, like a year at at like three different places, kind of doing uh, pre press work. Uh, and it was not great. Mm. It wasn't awful. You can nerd out it. It's a little. It's kind of like real world CSS in a way. You use a computer, but like, you know, CSS is like it's kind of creative, but it's not like design creative. It's a little different. It's right. like it's like problem solving y creative. Mm-hmm. And so you can really geek out on prepress. Like you can it's you can geek out on it as much as you can with CSS. And there's like new technology coming out all the time for it and stuff. Uh, but it was still wasn't quite right for me. It wasn't like fun enough. You know, there's not a lot of creating with. It's kind of like just take what the designers gave you and make it work, son. So I was always uh, I was like behind the scenes. I was like building websites and screwing around. I was playing in a band at the time, a bluegrass band, and we, you know, and I was like, I'll make the website, you know. And uh-huh. that was kind of <laughs> me finding WordPress was kind of like uh-huh. that was that was the magic is you can just buy a domain name. Buy some hosting and chuck up this free bit of software, which will you know allow you to put put a website up, but also kind of control the content on it. So, mm-hmm. WordPress was my first my first thing. You know, oh, that's for, where you started, huh? With yeah. WordPress? Oh, that's I didn't know that. That's cool. Totally, that was my first thing. And then, and WordPress has never had table based anything. Like from day one, WordPress was CSS based themes. Right, right. Uh, and, and that was must have been a weird time. I'm not sure. I haven't heard too much about it, you know, but it was probably at that time there was still a, a, quite a few people making table-based layouts. But I never did. So I know what people are talking about. I know I, I can, you know, I get it. You know, oh, the old days of table-based layouts. And I was, right. But I, I, don't, I never really like did agency work or something where that's all we did. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of new school in that way. Never f- felt that pain. Anyway, and yeah. that was just you know site after site after site. Once you kind of like are bitten by the bug of all I have to do is spend like ten bucks on a domain name, download some free software, and check up something. I can make this website that kind of has unlimited potential, and anybody in the world can see it. Now that that's a pretty like powerful moment. So it was all over from there. I was kind of just like learn, 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 and then and then and then please, please somebody hire me as a web designer. <laughs> I need to get out of. <laughs> pre-press and uh, my mom actually hooked it up she's you know she, because she's in sales she like you know knows everybody in creative agencies in in town and just was aware of when a one particularly small agency was losing their web guy mm-hmm. or one web guy and and then I, and I went in there kind of like you know as green as could be kind of like look look I made a website for my band kind of thing and they're like that's good that's fine <laughs> cool. when can you start you <laughs> I was like oh my god 
Uh, and so where, did, already, C- yeah, where did CSS tricks come from? It was right about that time because it was that was it was trial by fire. Right at that moment, it was. Look, we're, we've already started on a couple of websites, but we have no idea. Like the owner to the um, the business today is still not. He doesn't doesn't know web design. You know, he's just a. He basically works in in Photoshop and in, in design. You know, and and, and is right. a good designer, and he can think through problems. And he's a good business owner, and he's a good people person. And he's like the perfect guy to run this business. Doesn't write HTML or CSS. Doesn't know web technology. Uh, and I didn't really either. You know, I knew how to make WordPress sites, but they're like promising stuff that they probably shouldn't have been <laughs> promising at the time. And like, we'll make a ticket sales system for you, <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so it was that time I was like, I was like working a ton and trying to learn how to build these sites. And I was like, I better, I better, like, I'm so excited about it too. I was so grateful to have that opportunity. And I'm like, let's, Let's like blog it too as I learn. So CSS tricks and starting that job pretty much happened. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, at the same time. Cool. What year it was, was that? Two thousand seven, oh. and it was and it was also a weird time for 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 blogs like like that. Uh, I think I was just kind of thinking about this recently about how that was a pretty rough time for the not rough but like. There was like a heyday of blogging about CSS, and it was before uh-huh. this. Right. And now it's kind of a heyday again. But during 2007, it was like not a great time to be blogging about CSS. It was like the, <laughs> it was stagnant. Uh-huh. All the like really kind of cool, interesting things about CSS had kind of already been written, or so it was thought. So if you're if you're blogging about it, it was kind of it was it was beginnery. At but that, that was that would be about the only contribution you could make. Uh-huh. At that moment, that that was kind of any good, uh, and I just had no idea because I was such a rube, you know. I just was like, whatever. I'll, I'm just. I, I didn't even know it wasn't a good time to write about CSS. But now, kind of looking back on the history of it, it was a bit of a dark time, you know. Like <laughs> I, you know, just being browsers not really innovating, just yeah. being stuck with old stuff. But I just, you know, I kept on writing about it, just not knowing any better, <laughs> and it worked out pretty good. I was on the big web show and, and Zeldman made a good point. It was kind of like there's a lot of Apple blogs, you know, like something like Daring Fireball has been around a long time. If right. if Apple went the other way, if, you know, if, if they just kind of died out instead of having this amazing resurgence that they had, um, <laughs> that, that blog probably wouldn't exist. John mm-hmm. Gruber would be doing something else, <laughs> you know, probably. Right. And, uh, and uh, it's similar, you know, not that it, that my blog is anything like during Fireball, but it's, but it's similar. Like if, if, you know, if browsers didn't, if the web didn't take off like it was, mm-hmm. right. I was just in the right place at the right time, I guess, to have a blog about CSS. Yeah, but, but I mean, it, you were just doing it because you, you liked to do it. I mean, it wasn't like you were looking at some kind of end of making a bunch of money or having a giant fan base. You were just thought these were... Well, interesting yes. useful things to to post right yeah but it wasn't as altruistic as that i mean i, I had in my mind the entire time wouldn't it be cool to make some money while blogging mm-hmm. it's not like every decision i made was was uh was based around you know trying to build an empire of web design or anything but i definitely was influenced by stuff like pro blogger and you know got, got you know the guys that would blog about blogging and how they you know have made a career off of it i'm like that would be so cool right so right. it was certainly born out of that of that spirit like i like this but also if i have an opportunity to make money off of it i'm going to do it and if i persevere you know that's how you that's how you get there yeah 
But I mean, you wouldn't have done it if you weren't really interested in writing about CSS. I assume, Absolutely, right? and, and honestly, it wasn't. It wasn't even the only blog. It was. It was a. It was a. It was a family of blogs when I first started CSS Tricks with a friend of mine, Jeff, who, uh, where he was working at <laughs> doing uh, support for Adobe products, literally Acrobat and stuff. He would uh-huh. be on phone, so he would answer the phone, and it would be some distraught person that like. <laughs> You know, like the fonts didn't look right in their PDF or whatever, and right. he would he would help them out uh, for like premium subscribers. I don't even know if there is a phone number anymore. You can call for stuff like that. Maybe there is. I think there is. You just have to pay a lot of money for it. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, and it's somebody like like five levels above the person calling you paid that money. So mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. Anyway, whatever. It, it, he was in a unique position to know what people had problems with with Adobe products. So we would have these websites like acrobathelp.com and we'd post an article that was like, fonts don't look right in your PDF, try these steps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just with the idea that if we just did a ton of this, it would show up in Google search results when people Googled this problem. And we could put some AdSense on there. And if, if we're not going to become millionaires, but these would eventually become little businesses. Mm-hmm. That was the idea. Then I was like, well, I'm going to do a CSS one too because I already made all these templates so that we can kind of knock these sites out with WordPress hmm. pretty easily. Uh, and see, that was easily the least popular one, <laughs> CSS tricks, because it just was, it was more, I don't know, it just, it never went anywhere. Uh, but then the rest of those kind of died out because it just sucked, you know? Just like, <laughs> who, who wants to write about... You know, like Adobe Acrobat updated right. to 12.0.0.7 today, addressing these issues. And, you know, it just was like, he didn't really care. It just, it was a play for money. It wasn't a play for passion, you know, even though passion is that, that word gets thrown a lot around a lot in our industry. And it's yeah. kind of, I like it, but it's not like I wake up with fire in my eyes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wake up and I rub the did, you'd be like going to a hospital or something like that. <laughs> yeah. There's fire in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you put taco sauce in your bed? <laughs> I, know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I was passionate about hot sauces and I was mixing ingredients in sleep. Yeah. <laughs> And anyway, I liked writing about the CSS stuff. I could write an article about it, and even though it got no traffic, I would be, I'd be like, "Cool, I'm proud of that one." You know, like right. that's gonna, yeah. Anyway. But you, but you also kept, you know, like that's the thing. Like, um, like the like you mentioned, like the Acrobat ones probably just died because no one cared about it. But but now you cared about CSS, you know, like you thought it was cool, but you kept on doing it, right? Where the other ones were like. Yeah, they just like no one really cared to like update it, but they die. And there wasn't even like a moment in which we're like, <laughs> we're throwing in the towel publicly because nobody would have cared anyway. But <laughs> but we just it just slowed down. It slowed down to the point where it wouldn't even get a post a week, you right. know. And then yeah. and then what are you doing at that point, you know? Just so was there a, t- a turning point for CSS tricks where there was a point where you started to get all this traction? Was it a technical development like changes in in uh, new browsers coming out, or was it more no. just People Googled and you started appearing everywhere. You just, it's, a, it's, it's been a slow burn. If you look at the analytics for CSS Tricks all the way from day one, which I've had Google Analytics on there from day one, so it's a pretty cool amount of data to have. Uh, it's a slow, there's very little bumps. It's just, it's just a straight line up to this day. Uh-huh. There's no, it's not a hockey stick. It's not a, a you know, a whatever, some, <laughs> the mathematical curve where it starts growing faster. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> it's not that. It's just not an algorithmic line. scale. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Uh, <laughs> or logarithmic. Yeah. Whatever. The one where it goes whoop. Uh, <laughs> no, there was a big, there was like a moment in which I got linked to by Smashing Magazine, which is, I think they're like at least a year older than CS Tricks, if not two years. And uh, they were bigger and have always have been much bigger. So like when I got linked to by them one time in the early days, I was pretty excited. That was, I remember that kind of being a big moment because I'm like, oh, maybe I can make it. Maybe I do. You know, it validates not only, it's not only traffic, but it validates that, oh, maybe I do have something to say in this industry that other people are willing to like yeah. link to something that I have to say, which is cool. And then, and then, and then, you just be, you start becoming aware of the, like the community was starting to grow. I was starting to get aware of other people that were doing things like I was doing, and you know, and and, and things like you know, guys like Dan Cedarholm or whatever were just a hundred miles away from. I never even thought like that was. They're a part of the community, but they're like so like a different community, <laughs> like a right. bigger, higher up community. I was just. You know, so I was, you know, the the community that was growing around CS Tricks was smaller blogs. You know, I don't even have a bunch of good examples, but you just, I, I became started to feel more like, I don't know, we're all in this together or whatever. Like I can feel this swell growing, and then it's just you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, publish, 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 publish. There's like thousands of articles on CS oh, yeah. Tricks, which is crazy, but. It's just the way it is. It's been a much more slow burn than than moment of validation. But you, I mean, you are validated. And now, I mean, you're up there at the Google rankings. If you just do things like linear gradient, you're like, you know, right there, you know, right near W3 schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, it's, which which is, is amazing because they're number one wow. on almost anything you, yeah. you Google related to CSS. I never see that anymore because I blocked them because of their jerkiness. <laughs> So you can you know well, you can whatever. do that, yeah, yeah. From your search results, not on a site. Oh, yeah, you can just say, "Don't never show me anything from this site." And then, and then it was proved that they're even jerkier than we thought because they now have a wildcard subdomain and internally linked to it randomly, right. so that so that it'll be like www or www dot four w's. So it'll start showing up in your results again because Google thinks of that as a different domain. You're like, oh, come on. Oh, wow. That's, that's weak. Yeah, you'd think they would be penalized for stuff like that. But they're just so big. They're, their Google rankings are so high that I don't think anything can... Knock uh, them off? Yeah, it's kind of too late. Who are you know, they? Anybody know who they are? Is it? Nobody knows. That's another weird thing about it. I think maybe it's Donald Trump's behind it. Yeah, it's not all bad because people do learn from it, and I am about learning. It's just, you know, it's just the shady techniques and the you know questionable information sometimes, and the fact that their name tries to imply that they're, you know, part of the W3C, which they're not, and they offer these certifications, which are like right. worse than useless. You know, uh, it's just it's all that together ends up, you know, it's kind of a bad taste of it. Yeah, definitely. So here we are in 2012. And at the end of the year, what what was your 2012 like? It was pretty rad, I'd say. <laughs> you had a lot of changes. You left. Uh, yeah, the year in review for me was yeah. At the, at the beginning of the year, I was at SurveyMonkey, right. so because it was post the sale of Wufu, so we all moved as a team of of guys who are working on Wufu.com uh, to come out to California and work for. 
is that really? Oh my gosh, this cure went so fast. Yeah. Anyway, I was at 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 Survey Monkey in January through like April. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that 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 trend? The sale actually happened in April, and uh, and I had a year to like vest or whatever. I'm pretty sure I can say that it's not not like a hundred percent vest, but you know we got some we got yeah. some some fake stock or whatever because we weren't stock at the time, but now we are or something. I don't even I don't even understand it all. But if I left before that, all, all that would have went away, which would have been kind of stupid. Anyway, it was and I, I wasn't itching to leave anyway. I liked working yeah. at Survey. It's a huge app, you know, so it's fun to work at Wufu, but it's, it's sometimes working at, on things at scale is kind of addictive because you're like, wow, these little changes I make are going to go out to, you know, just a huge number of people, which is kind of, which is kind of neat. So I liked it there, but, I, but, it, but towards the end of it, I was kind of like, eh, you know, let's, it's time to, uh, I have, I have other ideas. I, I, I need to, uh, uh, simplify professionally. I, I, I kind of stole that phrase from. Jason Santa Maria just posted that he was, you know, I don't know, so a week or two ago, he's leaving Typekit, and he had that phrase in his blog post. He's just like, I just need to simplify myself, right, professionally. And I was like, I like that. Um, I feel so good after having done it. Now that my, my professionally for me, it's it's like I have this like like triangle of stuff. I do CSS tricks, I do Shop Talk Show, and I do Code Pen. That's it. That's Chris Coyer. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. And it feels good to have that like simple of an explanation these days. What do you yeah. do? These three things. So you, you launched Shop Talk Show in 2012, right? And CodePen came out this year too, huh? Yes. Gosh, wow. So those the two of the three things that I now self-identify with, I guess, happened this year. That's pretty cool. I, I wonder what the dates are. It's funny. I don't know. So tell us a little bit about CodePen. I don't know if everybody that listens to our podcast knows what it is or how it works. Yeah. Let's see, I don't have an. I have a. I have chriscore.net uh, slash about because I'm so dumb at. Um, <laughs> at just remembering this kind of thing. Like, when did I graduate high school? I'm like, I cannot remember. I mean, that's one that you know because it comes up in life a lot. But these kind of things, mm-hmm. like, when did you start at Wufu? Like, I would have been like, I don't know. I have no idea. Before in the before time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I keep this page to write these dates down so I can refer to it. But anyway. Uh, Yes, Code Pen was launched this year. Apparently, I, I need to write, put it on this calendar. So I can it. Uh, but it was born out of this. So, if I can describe what it is in two seconds, it's kind of like a lot of people that listen to this podcast has probably seen JS Fiddle. If you haven't, it uh, you just go to the page and there's four big boxes on the screen. One of them is HTML. One of them is CSS. One of them is JavaScript, and one of them is the result of those three things kind of squished together. And I give them all the credit in the world for innovating that kind of approach to sharing code. It's smart and cool, and I like it, and I still like it, and good work, guys. But I was thinking, like, that, like all these demos on CSS Tricks, five-plus years of demos, I wish every single one of those demos was on JS Fiddle. Because that would be, it's just such a more, more compelling way to view, view these demos. Not only can you see what the result of the demo was, but you don't have to like view source and stuff. You can just see right. the code right on the same page. It's just, it's awesome. 
And I was like, I could move them all to jazz fiddle, but look, think of all that traffic I'm losing. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that would not be smart for me to put all my bag, to all my, you know, to to send all that traffic to them. It's not even just traffic, but like, what if they go away, or what if they make some decision that I don't like? You know, that it would be kind of stupid for a project the scale of CSS Tricks to link all the demos to something like JS fiddle. So I'm like, maybe I can recreate it. And maybe I can even do a better job and I'll put it on CSS Tricks and I'll show all my demos with that. And so I have some friends that were looking at um, the, just kind of wanting to do a project and stuff. So I was like, hey, guys, let's work on this. And they, they were all about it. And, it, and it. and it just kind of morphed over time. Instead of being this thing that we're going to install on CSS Tricks, it became like, well, hey, why don't we buy a domain name and put it on it? And so instead of having it be this thing that anybody can install, there'll be this like one install of it of a resource and then we're like well how do we find out wouldn't it be nice to know like how do we find out what the coolest things that people are building on this thing every day like should we just make an admin screen that just has a list of them and we can just click through and and just see you know like that would be kind of cool because i want to know i i want to know as the builder of this app what are people building with it that are cool because the idea was already that instead of just me making demos anybody could make a demo right and then that screen was like, well, why don't we just make a little iframe, you know, like a grid of iframes? So not only do we have, we can't we don't have to just click through them, we can just look and just see are these things interesting? And then we're like, well, <laughs> you already have to log in to make a new demo, and we already have this like grid of iframes going on. Why don't we just chuck some social features around that as well? Like you can follow each other, you can heart pens so that you can remember them for later, you can comment on them, all this stuff. Like, okay, we'll just throw a social layer around it. And that's a lot looking a lot like Dribble then. So right. you go to dribble.com, you see this grid of of things that other designers have made. You can follow other designers, you can like them, you can comment. It's the, it's a social layer around screenshots where we kind of just through happenstance ended up with this social layer around uh, bits of code. So, you know, without, you know, just, just as an easy way for people to understand what we do right away, I say it's kind of like a combination of JS Fiddle and Dribble. Yeah, and it's awesome. I mean, I'm looking at the homepage now and, you know, you've got this editor's pick. So you've, you, I guess that's you and maybe the people you work with have picked ones that are particularly awesome. Like, uh, I love this pure CSS comics boxes. So you can create CSS based little, you know, talk, talk yeah. bubbles and things like that. That's awesome. The CSS panel menu is really cool. Yeah, that was a demo from my own site that I just blogged about that this guy like improved. Um, anyway, he just made it better. So I'm like, I'm going to uh-huh. feature his because I like his. <laughs> he did yeah, a good job on that. Right. And so awesome. it's, and now this becomes not only like what are cool things that people have built, but this is a very real design pattern. So if I can just describe it, it's called the CSS panel menu. There's the big header at the top. And then there's one of those little three, three line Navicons, as people are calling them. Uh, <laughs> and you click it and it reveals navigation from the left. So it's an off canvas navigation thing like on small screens navigation can be take up too much room sometimes and to just reveal navigation with some kind of click uh, is kind of a nice pattern these days so instead of using javascript to do it this is a css uh, css version of a java uh, of a pretty new javascript one out there and it's just nice so instead of you need this on some project you just know that you can come to codepen and find it and not only that is you can find related related thing you know through tagging 
and search. You can find out other examples like this. So it's not just just sharing. It's not a one-way thing. It's like there's so much content on here. If you can go under tags and look at, at thing, you know, just look at tags slash buttons and just find mm-hmm. tons of different buttons. And not only just the design of them, but literally the code that builds them. So it's it's inspiration as well as just, you know, come here and snag some code. You know, go for it. Yeah. This is an open sharing environment. It's teaching, you know. can I can learn from the code that other people have posted here. Uh, and it has all that social stuff as well, kind of mm-hmm. validation. And so this is this is for CSS, HTML, JavaScript, right? Right, and all it, the front end stuff. Exactly. There's no backend. There's no PHP or Ruby or anything. But there is all the preprocessors. So if you want to write that HTML in Haml, you can, or Markdown, or or Stylus, or whatever. And in CSS, it's less, or SAS, or Stylus. And in, in, in Java, JavaScript, not only can you load in any external library that you want, uh, or just easily, easily pick MooTools or JavaScript, jQuery, or whatever, but you can also write in CoffeeScript if you want. So it's, it does have those abilities. Because I want it to feel comfortable. I want it to, the editor... Which is a very nice editor, by the way. <laughs> if you ask me, it has kind of the all the comforts of home of writing code uh, in Sublime Text Two or something. Most of uh-huh. what you can do in Sublime Text Two uh, works right in the little editor here. Tab triggers, you know, being able to block indent code or auto close tags and, and stuff like that. And even in, in the CSS panel, there's even things that uh, are above and beyond that. Like you, you're, you're hovering over a hex code, you can hit the option key and get a, a color picker to grab a, a color out of, which is, you know, which is pretty neat. Oh, yeah, think of that. That's awesome. So, uh, did you guys um, homebrew this or is this, are you using some open source uh, editor? The editor is called. Um, uh, uh, code mirror, but it's been heavily customized by us. So it's right. it's code mirror plus, you know, which some a lot of the stuff we hope to kind of upstream to them if they want it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So like if you're in, if you're in the HTML area, just type like lorem tab, and you'll get like a lorem ipsum paragraph. Or type like a nav tab, you'll get a stubbed out navigation. So it's for building. For building stuff really quickly, you know, we hope to make it a very nice, you know, a compelling code editor to use. Just, you know, have it feel comfortable. I, I'm not even sure where I was going with that, but it's pretty sweet. Fun. That's cool. It, it just evolved to what it is. So that, so that's CodePen, and there's just a, there's a lot coming on it. There's, I know, I work, I work every single day on this thing. It wasn't just like, oh, we did it, we're done. See you later, guys. We have. There's a team of three guys, Alex Vasquez, Tim Sabat, and me, and we're all we, you know, not to make this the, the uh, big podcast pitch or whatever but we're like going all in on this thing there's a lot there's a lot we can do and mm-hmm. for example collaboration modes coming out so if you're playing around with a pen right now just send me the url to it and we can play together oh cool that's great uh yeah and there's like a professor view mode thing uh, hopefully hopefully this stuff will be out pretty soon i don't there's there's more than this i gotta i gotta keep some of it a secret just because we have there actually is a few competitors that kind of follow in our mm-hmm. footsteps here which yeah is, right uh, uh, anyway, yeah. In live view, I think JS Bin has this now. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but it's kind of like, uh, like Adobe Edge Inspect or whatever. Open up this URL on ten different devices, and uh, and then as you type in the Code Pen editor, it's updating all any any URL that you or any device you have that URL open on. So you can open it on your phone and your iPad and your Kindle or whatever. And as you type background red, you know that. Propagates to all the other devices instantly. So, mm-hmm. right. mobile test—it's pretty neat. And those are the kind of things that are going to be pro features here sooner than yeah. later. 
And that's right. where the business model comes in here. So I'm not trying to, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to build the, the biggest new startup in the world, but we are trying to make a business out of this. Right. Yeah. Oh, this is that's awesome. The- this is so cool. So someone could write in, in um, SaaS, for example, mm-hmm. but you can also, once they, you can see their SaaS code, but you can also see just the completely, you know, uh, processed plain CSS, right? You can, and and that, it's cool. it's a little bit of a hidden feature. I, it yeah, you have to like click on the CSS button or the CSS. Yeah, we'll show you the compiled. Like right. that, we could probably make that a little more obvious, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't have any super. I just strong discovered it. Just and I've yeah. only been looking at it for a minute, so it's not that. Mm-hmm. That's secret. that's what adds to the learning aspect of it. And we have some things coming out that will help with learning as well. But but I mean, can you like? It's probably the easiest thing out there right now, as far as learning the syntax of a preprocessor and i'm still i i use it all the time to to figure out what the heck coffee script is doing cuz that one's more that yeah. one's stranger to me it's a little easier to imagine in your head what sass is going to do right but but coffee script is its own weird wild world so if you want, if you're trying to learn coffee script you can you know c- come to codepen and start typing little things that you learn and then just click on js and it will show you what it compiles down into Right. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Uh, you saw, you showed me like the early kind of beta at the In Control conference in February, but this has really come a huge way. It's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. Then it's gonna. It's you know like we're just getting started. So. Lots more to come. <laughs> Well, um, maybe we could. We asked some web luminaries um, about 2012 and uh, about our industry and what they thought about the uh, evolution of the web field in 2012. And they gave us audio clips. So we're going to listen to a couple of those and maybe talk about them. We, our first one, I think we have up is Aaron Walter, who's the design lead at MailChimp. Is that right? Right. Yep. Yeah. And we, he was going to tell us what he thought about the industry in uh, this past year. In 2012, an interesting thing happened. I stopped relying on local storage and moved pretty much everything to some kind of a service. I don't use my iTunes library that much anymore, even though I've invested so much time and energy into organizing it. I use RDO because it's just so much easier to find new music and find stuff that I wouldn't normally discover. I use stuff like Gmail, I use Dropbox, I use iCloud, I use so many different services that my computer, this tiny little MacBook Air, is able to get smaller and thinner and more powerful and just connect to all of these services that make my life so much easier. I had a computer die on me just a few hours before a big presentation, but I was still able to cobble together that presentation to retrieve it and give the presentation without any trouble because I'd stored my files on Dropbox and iCloud and I had the different resources to be able to pull those together. And when I got my new laptop, it was so easy to connect to all of the content and services that I've been using for over a year. 
and have a new machine up and running really quickly. I think that's just going to become more and more of a trend. Services are going to be the center of our lives. And we're going to be subscribed to the hilt. I know I am, I am right now. Between uh, cell phone service, data services, subscriptions to various content sources, there's a lot of subscribing, a lot of monthly fees. And I think that sooner or later we're all going to feel a little bit of a backlash. But I do think that our content is a lot safer and our life is a lot easier and more portable when we rely on all these great services. I love that about 2012. I think we'll have more of it in the coming year. Cool. So that's Aaron Walter. And Chris, you and Dave Rupert did something on Shop Talk Show where you were kind of talking similarly about web services that you guys use. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I think Aaron's right up. I, I'm the same way. I basically have, a, you know, I've forced myself into a thin client. I keep almost nothing other than, you know, some of the software that just by necessity has to run. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Creative Suite and my text editor, which I, I hope that's the very next thing that I that is, be, starts becoming web-based, right. uh, which looks good with brackets. It's pretty cool. Right, yeah. I don't know. I haven't moved to it yet. But, you know, there's just a few things that just kind of have to run or are very is very nice to run as native apps. But data-wise, I'm almost 100% in Dropbox and, and, and then just GitHub, you know. So if, mm-hmm. I, if my computer were to die, just like it, just like it happened to Aaron... I would just actually have a backup computer just because I'm such a nerd that I can't deal with like the one day it would take me to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would just open up the other one, you know, get clone, blah, you know, bundle install, rail server, done, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever to, to work on the stuff. It just, the, even development environments are easy to, to, get, to get set up these days. Right. It's true. I like it. <clears throat> it's a good trend. And he, he extended the point to talk about how we're going to start. Maybe we'll, maybe there'll be some backlash as far as like, oh my God, look at all this money that I pay monthly. But, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, mean, I feel like it's, it's some of a good trade-off because you have all this physical stuff just hanging around your house or in your office. Just like, yeah, I got all these CDs or you know DVDs or Blu-rays now or whatever. Wow. Or like I still have like floating around like, like, Old versions of you know CS you know you know just yeah. saying, which I I, I kind of like because I'm I I know WCS six is all subscription model and I love it but just to be asked like hey um like every time I open up an Illustrator or something like that just like hey you need to log in to make sure that you're really using this it just I find that like totally annoying so if I, yeah. if I, so like if if I was on a plane or somewhere there they didn't have internet access and it won't know. even start it won't even start. Yeah, it will, it will like it will say like, "Hey, you need to, uh, yeah, yeah, sign up for it." Like, so yeah, so it's just it's crazy. You can't you can't work offline with that. You can if it if it knows that you've been working like on it for a while, but every month or so it'll just come up and say like, "Hey, you know, you know, are you sure you're using this right? You know, like you need to sign in and you know, give us the okay that you're using it." So, so yeah. If so, that happened to happen on a plane ride, you wouldn't be able to, yeah. Okay it. Yeah, you wouldn't oh. be able to joke it. Like, unless you had, like, that Wi-Fi, like, the really right. kind of cruddy Wi-Fi that you have on oh, that, some of things. So. That stinks. Yeah, so that's the only bad part about it. But, you know, it's... Mm. I think they, I think they'll get better with the next iteration, probably, with that. Because I, I feel like it's it's not the not the optimum. But, yeah, but still, I mean, there's a little trade-off. With, like, you know, I don't really have to have, like, all this physical stuff in my, in my you know, home office. I mean, just... just my, my day, my, my dream is to get rid of all this paperwork on my desk. And just, yeah. <laughs> just like not to yeah. do with him. 
I feel great satisfaction every time I, I toss something or sell something. I'm not like a super minimalist or whatever. I'm not like, I got to get rid of all this stuff. It's burying me. But anything that comes with any kind of attached mental weight, I feel very good about getting rid of. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of stuff in my house that is unnecessary. And it feels good. And it feels especially good on the computer. So do you ever uh, feel, are you ever afraid that these services are going to, you know, end? Like Dropbox might just get sold to Microsoft or they might just close shop for one reason or another? I think it's more dangerous, the security, you know, like if they're like, I don't know. If they sold, big deal, you know, it's not, they're not going to shut down the next day. And if they do, right. somebody else is going to pick it up because that's the nature of, 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 of you know, startups and whatever. Sure. I'm surprised that Dropbox is independent, honestly. I, I'm shocked that they haven't sold. Mm-hmm. Well, like, well, Microsoft just came out with their SkyDrive. Is that what it's called? I don't know. So, mm. but, um, but yeah, so yeah, I was kind of concerned about them because, uh, you know, I feel like you know a lot of Microsoft users will just you know drop them for the Microsoft's own solution. So I would use Google Drive. That's you know before I use SkyDrive or whatever. But that's just because I'm a, right. I'm more Googly than I am Microsofty. But that's pretty good. Uh, it's surprising that Apple doesn't have anything like that. That's that's what it seems tailor made for is for Apple to have bought Dropbox because it works so super well and iCloud mm-hmm. is so confusing and weird. Yeah. Right. Well, like there was a time when um, there was an article not too long ago. Like um, I guess it was re- after Steve Jobs passing, everyone was coming out with their Steve Jobs story. And mm-hmm. I think and I think it was about this time that uh, the Dropbox uh, founder told his Steve Jobs story, and um, he Steve Jobs wanted to talk to Dropbox and say, "Hey, blah blah." blah. And so they were worried about um, uh, you know uh, um, the, the, one of the couple things I got from the story is like he was worried that Steve Jobs would come in and see what how they had their their whole setup, so he, they, they went off site so that um, oh, so you can <laughs> see, yeah, yeah, exactly, oh, nice, yeah, and so, um, but Steve Jobs is like, hey, you guys are a feature, you're not a, you know, you don't have anything unique that can't be copied, you know, or like you know per se, and so, and um, or something like that. So like, why just you know, basically, I'm not sure if it says in the article, but I think there was overtures that Apple really wanted to buy them and take care of it, but they went independent. They said they don't know, and so. So there, I think there was an opportunity for them to be bought, but they just, you know, they turned it down. So, yeah. But yeah, I totally agree. I think it would be awesome just to have it in there because, yeah, I just uh, the iCloud stuff with Apple. Just I don't think it's like when you open a keynote or like that somebody sends you and then you close it. Th- in order to like the, the what would be just cancel. Like no, I don't. I don't want to save it. I didn't make any changes. You have to click a button that's called delete. Yeah. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that? You're yeah. like no, no. I don't want to delete it. I want to close it. There's no just no just close it button because it's right. like it's, it's already in iCloud land or whatever. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Well, it's just a little thing, but still. Anyway, good thoughts, Aaron. I'm I'm on board. Cool. Well, our next one, uh, next uh, uh, thought for the for the year is uh, from Greg Story. He's a uh, president of Happy Cog in in Austin. Hey guys, it's Greg from Happy Cog. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. I've got a couple of thoughts to share with non-breaking space listeners. First is a reflection of 2012. And I'd say the the big event for us has been the change that we've made in our our design and our development process. More so on the design side, we decided to take user experience and wrap it into our overall design philosophy 
rather than make it a distinct phase within a project. Uh, this year we ditched wireframes and have experimented with various types of, of prototypes in, on different devices and, and formats. And after looking at this over a year, I'd say we've seen some remarkable and some measurable improvements. First is we've gained a lot of efficiency uh, by thinking both of, of user experience and design and how that's going to impact development. These things used to just be a, a waterfall, one right after another, and now we're doing all three at the same time. More importantly, the clients are, they love this, that their response to this has been phenomenal. They're much, much more engaged because they have something to click on, something to point to, something to move, something to resize. And as a result of this, uh, they're, they're able to provide the feedback that we've been looking for, wanting for a long time. And we're able to get them to be you know, much, much more verbose uh, and, and engage right from the start. Every time that we go to show them work, they're, they're clicking on things, they're, they're moving things around. And that's been wonderful. And I don't see us going back any, anytime soon. Looking forward to 2013. Uh, first, this is more for, say, shop owners and, and freelancers or just maybe people thinking about uh, going into freelance. But from what I've seen, and this is knock on wood, uh, you know, don't take my word for it, but from what I've seen and talking to a couple other shop owners, business is strong. Business seems to be back to levels that we saw before the recession. There's always been an uptick in, in business, you know, from year to year. And you've seen uh, my team grow, Happy Cog grow overall over the last uh, two or three, four years. But this feels different. It, it feels good. It feels optimistic. And uh, I, I am not going to go into this new year thinking that we're, we're done, we're through. Um, but it, it sure feels better than any, any other year I've had uh, since 2009. And that's pretty exciting. And, and I know that we're not alone. I, I hope that everybody listening in, if you're running a shop, if you're a freelancer, you're experiencing the same thing. Uh, but uh, it, it, it feels like maybe that's not going to be as much of an issue as uh, a lot of us have had to deal with over the years. Final thought for everybody. If you're a designer developer, if you make things on the web, is mobile. Uh, I don't have enough time to talk about this in detail, but at Happy Cog, we are going to continue to invest heavily in, in mobile and devices in, in a really big way through education, continuing education with our people, uh, research and acquiring devices and, and just staying on top of what's going on out there with devices. By the end of this year, everybody at Happy Cog will have an iPad mini and we're doing that so that everybody is aware of, of how users, and, and we're going to have millions and billions more users engaging the Internet through devices like this uh, that, that will never likely sit in front of a PC. And so we're really putting a strong emphasis on making sure that uh, not only are we on top of what's going on, but we're able to take... Uh, some of our leadership position and extend that into this area and try to help and, and support the community. The final thought that I have on mobile is that I'm really hoping we can find a different word 
or just stop calling it mobile and just accept that the new norm is that the web is on everything now. And uh, when we go to make sites, uh, we're not thinking of just a person sitting in front of a computer. Well, that's it. Uh, thanks again, and uh, have uh, happy holidays and a happy new year. All right. <clears throat> thanks, Greg. That was a lot of good stuff. I think probably for a lot of people listening, maybe the best news is that his experience is the economy is picking up, that there's um, a lot of work for design agencies and probably for freelancers as well. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, you know, buying iPad minis for everyone is pretty sweet. So that's pretty nice. But, uh, yeah, yeah I would hope the kind of people that they hire at Happy Cog are pretty aware that there's, there's websites on, on phones. One <laughs> <laughs> would hope, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, but, but it's still, it's still awesome. It's probably more than that. It's also like, hey, we like you. Continue yeah. to work here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's also just good, like, you know, if, if they are in a client, Situation, they could just really pull up their website and like, yeah. or like show other examples really quick and right, like a demo demo piece, you know, so. right. And not yeah, especially if that's a big part of your work to <laughs> you know, because then all of a sudden then it's like a it's like a wink wink nudge nudge. You should spend your paychecks on mobile devices thing, which is weird, you know. Like if this <laughs> is what we do, then maybe we should give you the thing that you need to do the thing. To do it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So Chris, how has how's mobile affected you this year? Uh, I, I'm mostly embarrassed by it because <laughs> the big one of the biggest things that I spend so much time on CodePen is has a very weak mobile experience right now, yeah. and uh, it's not that I have no ideas of what to do about that, but I don't have. I've yet to have this moment of clarity where I know so exactly what to do. I'm just gonna stay up all night and do it, kind of thing. I just right. don't. I don't see it yet exactly the perfect thing for CodePen on mobile, but it has to happen. It just yeah. has to. Uh, it has to because people share the stuff on, you know, it's not, if right. it was just me and it was just this thing where I could, where I could say, hey, no, CodePen is a, it's a, it's a desktop app. People only want to code on desktop apps. That might be true. You know, maybe we'll make the editor only that way or, or ha you just have to zoom or whatever. But the things that people might conceivably share. Yeah, need to need to be more mobile friendly. So yeah, well, so CSS tricks. Certainly, certainly yeah. you'd want to preview, you know, these pens in a mobile device. So I mean, that would be you know beneficial for people to even if they're not going to edit to be able to see mm -hmm. uh, how that pen works on their phone, on their iPad, on their Android device. Totally, and that's what that live view is all about. And actually, I'm working. I was working on some stuff last night that's going to help you. Uh, that's going to help you specifically with that. So. But yeah, yeah. Uh, CSS Tricks went the responsive design route. That was another big thing that happened to me in 2012 was the redesign of CSS Tricks. And yeah. uh, like the last design or two, it is responsive again. It's responsive in the easiest possible way, I'd say. So I didn't break any new ground with responsive design. It's largely a two or three column design that just squishes down into one column. So I didn't break any new ground with off-canvas layouts or... Or I, I'm not even conditionally loading any content specifically mm -hmm. for one size or another. It's just very, very simple. It just kind of squishes down. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so mobile is a part of that. I, I do feel like it's better. It's, CSS Tricks is slightly better experience that I took the trouble to do that. Right. Um, I don't know if it's a, like twice as good or whatever. Uh, I just just this morning I was looking at there's a you know speaking of sites that were 
kind of part of the community as I was as I was growing up with CSS tricks. One was um, Spoon Graphics, blog.spoongraphics.c.co.uk. Uh, Chris Spooner is, has had that oh, yeah. site for a long, long time. Right, right. He yeah. just redesigned it, and he, did, and he chose not to make it responsive. Uh, very specifically, it's a pretty simple site. It probably would wouldn't be that difficult to make responsive. You know, just change a few things to res- to, to to percentages and yeah. throw a media query in there. He's certainly capable of making it responsive. But there's in his blog post announcing the redesign. There's some reasons why he chose specifically not to do that, and I can't say I totally disagree. Uh, and I'm not trying to discount responsive design. I'm a big fan, actually. But uh, but but for a site that's kind of as simple as his, uh, the the slightly zoomed out view is <laughs> it's kind of okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know what else I have to say about that. Yeah. What most the, the year like for mobile for me? It was just. I don't know. Keep keep you know just watching. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of at a funny. We're not at an endpoint yet. There's so yeah. much to 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 be worked out. I mean, just responsive images, for example. I mean, you've talked about that a ton, and you know, we're not we're not anywhere near a solution for that, and that's mm-hmm. still a, a sticking point for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I think also the main thing is, um, well, not one of the main things, but like a key point is that you know, you know, I grew up around computers, and I'm familiar with computers. You know, I'm okay typing now after writing ten books or whatever uh, on the keyboard. But there's people who will never have, who've never had that experience, uh, and their only experience with a computer is going to be touch screen with a phone or maybe an iPad, and that's how they're going to experience our websites, yeah, or app sites from now on. And I just kind of blows my mind that you know that's all they've ever known. Yeah, and that's you know. Right. And whatever happens in the future, you know, like, you know, it could be different, like, you know, it's all sponges or something like that. I don't know, whatever. But like right now, it's just like they're just typing on glass with their thumbs, you know, and they're in their so it's it's kind of weird. Just just to think about like and it's totally mobile and they're totally, you know, wherever they want to be, however they're interacting with it. And so they're not like chained to a desktop or desk or whatever to to make it happen. So and so all these, you know, and I think a, a little bit of the Kind of web design cliches that we have, like, uh, okay. like you know, maybe I don't know, just little things like you know, they probably get rid of, like the, um, like was it Nat, was it nav icon? We, we talked like menu icon, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, that's totally new. Like, it's totally different. Like you know, that's that doesn't really have a really great place in a desktop, you know, website per se. But it's you know, it's right. gonna be, it's totally, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a new language for for mobile that is gonna probably feed back into desktop design and. But and I, you know, mobile design is going to be driving a lot of the stuff that we do for that we used to do like for desktop. So it's a kind of a, absolutely. If you're, if you're start, if you're going to start a new web app in 2013, yeah. you would better. I would go mobile first. I would mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. You know, if we're if we're going to start Wufu over in 2013, it would certainly be. You know, like probably think of a tablet first, probably because it's kind of right. more of a, a do worky kind of thing, yeah. and not to ignore the desktop because I bet we we as, as still in 2013 you're still going to get more traffic from a desktop site, especially for anything that's I don't know developer y or for something like a woofoo or whatever. But but to to be smart for the future, you know, start make it work on mm-hmm. the tablet and then and then adjust the desktop experience accordingly. That would definitely be the right thing to do. 
Yeah, totally. So speaking of the future in 2013, Chris, what do you uh, see as some of the big developments next year? For 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 what specifically? Just anything? Well, just in terms of design, web design, are are you know maybe some CSS things? Like, do you see anything in 2013 that's going to like, wow, we're going to start doing this thing now because browsers support it? Or yeah, God, I saw a tweet. God, who was that? It was interesting. I think it was a. I think Paul Irish retweeted it, and I was like, wow, that's a good. That's a good point. I wonder if I can find it. But it was kind of like between. It said something like between WebGL. And and all these different technologies that are coming out within a few years, the web might be some of the stuff that is being built might be, uh, you know, just the web might just be indecipherable. It may be just look nothing like the current web, you know, uh-huh. uh, I think is pretty interesting. And that, and that I don't know if that's going to happen in 2013, but I, I like to think that all this, you know, that there's like, you know, we're not going to be like. It's, the web isn't going to be exactly the same for for ten years. You know, we probably, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Won't be making div tags forever. Not that there's anything wrong with div tags, but I'm not sure where I was going with that. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's plenty to be excited about. Even I think the rate of change is is more exciting than any particular change. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, that all all of a sudden we're we're, we're you know we're, we're talking about flexbox or something. You know, we even talked about that a little bit before the show, and it's like, yeah, that's some pretty exciting stuff. Flexbox is going to be a big deal for especially for app-like design and, and a site like like CodePen, for example, that um, is just more, it's broken up into little chunks or imagine what like mail.app looks like with uh, there's the list of messages on the left and then kind of an individual message on the right and they both sort of scroll independently and there's mm-hmm. like a bar of actions on the top. But like if you resize the screen, that bar of action stays in the top, but maybe there's a bar of actions on the bottom too. It just stays kind of fixed to the bottom in those other scroll areas kind of just change size like you know it's just kind of a, a flexible grid thing that's a little different that's more web appy feeling than web yeah. y feeling and and those the, the, there's there's a divide there that's going to stick around I think and flexbox is going to help a ton with that web appy type of layout Mm-hmm. And I'm kind right. of getting this from a video by by Simurai or whatever, who kind of put, good, put a point on this in a good way that we can. I'll send you that link. We can throw it in the show notes or whatever. That he kind of designed a little mail app and really kind of drove this point home of how like crazy awesome Flexbox is going to be for that. But it's brand new. A member right. of maybe a couple of years ago, we we're like, oh, cool gradients. When can we use that? 2050 or something? And that was like, <laughs> that would get a big joke on stage because <laughs> we're all like, yeah, CSS or you know this stuff moves so slow we'll never be able to use anything cool that attitude in like a year is really starting to go away people are mm-hmm. like browsers move super fast even ie is moving a lot faster now and is and is is pushing out mandatory updates and firefox is moving super quick and chrome certainly is moving super quick and hopefully we can get you know the safari team jealous enough <laughs> that they'll push they'll start pushing faster and then right. now we're talking about even though with a complete change in how flexbox is working a different syntax literally uh, we're thinking like a year to like real prime time usage in some in some situations, right? You know, right. 
and that was just, that's a, that attitude is super exciting. You know, like we can talk about some new thing, some new JavaScript API or something. We can start playing with it. Like the day you hear about it, it's probably shipping in Canary. You know, yeah. like that's how fast stuff is. It's not some theoretical right. thing that we discuss and then way later there's an implementation of it. Like these days, by the time you hear about it, it's probably in Canary. Right. <laughs> right. right. It's and probably not start- too far. Not too yeah. far off before we'll be talking about the bad old days of float-based layouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You do. Totally. You floated? Oh, man. Oh, jeez. We really float is going to go away. <laughs> yeah. Float yeah. is going to be for, for, for floating images yeah. and I wrapping mean, text around it a little bit once right. in a while. It'll be a, like an esoteric thing that, right. that <laughs> the children of today learn. They'll be like, oh, float, cute. Yeah. Let's make websites what's, retro. What's the use case for float? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it really will be. Because to to make a grid these days, you'll just you'll just flexbox it. Yeah. It'll and it's so easy. You just literally you 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 have a container called like grid or whatever, and you say that is display flex, and then as many divs that are direct children of it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even have to be a div. It can be whatever sections, a size. Those are forcibly turned into flex items. Wow. So right. the, they'll just and they'll just it, with without applying any other properties at all, and you can you can control this granularly if you want to. But by all you have to do is set that one thing, and then they're all just equal height or they're equal width columns. Right. Well, and I like how you can order them. So right. source order is not going to be yep. uh, an impediment to how you do your layout anymore, yeah. which is awesome. Which so you would you would put the main content area first for yeah. accessibility, right? And then and then your side would be. After that, and even if your design warrants that sidebar being on the left, that's one line of CSS that you have to write. Just yeah. just flip flop them. And it's kind of possible with floats because you would just float one to the left, but that gets more complicated with multiple things. And right, you, just, got, I mean, you more can do it, but you got to yeah. add some extra code to to make it happen. Yeah, and not, and not not even like you can do it in like really simple designs, but it, I don't know. It's it gets harder. There's certain, you know, it's hard to talk about this stuff in the completely abstract, but right. uh, that's exciting. But the rate of change, man, things are just yeah. coming, 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 and, and it's good. And so now, and, and then there's less talk about <laughs> how we do things and limitations and kind of, and kind of like bummer talk like that. And, and there's a lot more conversations happening about just like, just, the philosophy of design itself. How can we help users? What are good ideas? How do we build apps that 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 people want? And you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot more conversations like that than around like, oh, want wall, we can't do that. So, right. <laughs> yeah, I think that the only time that I've had trouble with the rate of change is because um, of our um, online conferences that we do. Yeah, is that uh, um, the software that we use. Uh, is can't is not updated fast enough. It's like it still has a traditional, like like six months to a year when they release a new version of it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and of course, web designers, developers always use the latest and like kind of like they kind of traditionally flock to Chrome now. And so Chrome is like updated all the freaking time. And so, our the software just does not work with Chrome. Because oh it, really? Because it's so cutting edge that uh, we have to like tell people like, yeah, we're going to have to open up a, like another browser. And like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's yeah. So it's pretty it's pretty cool for that. But attest to that because I've even tried to have been like, oh, whatever, Chris. I'm just gonna use Chrome. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of works. So you yeah. should start telling people like, even though you think it kind of works, don't do it because it it will bite you. Yeah. It'll, it'll like it'll, yeah. It'll, yeah. It bite you in the butt. Pretty much. Wow. So yeah. But uh, and then the other thing, my only sad story is that 
it's going to be really hard to tell people what version of Chrome it is in, when running books about web design. Just like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, but that's just, I really have it. I really have the innovation and deal with that. Yeah. Like, you might have to just switch to a different kind of way of referring to it because it literally, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah I just call it Chrome. There's yeah, no, ver- I, I stripped out all the versioning in yeah. my book that's coming out because yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. Because by the time, except, about, except of course for IE and, yeah. Whatnot, but. Yeah. By the time your book gets to the, you know, gets in someone's hands, it's like two versions are updated already, probably. I don't know. So it's like by the time you, you, you first write it, and like, oh, this is Chrome X, and then it's like Chrome X plus two by the time they get it. So, but yeah, it's crazy. Cool. You can't you have no choice as a Chrome user. Yeah. You want to maintain it? Maybe there, or maybe there's some crazy setting, but I don't think so. I think you, you if you want, <laughs> if you love <laughs> Chrome seventeen, setting. that's just too bad. Well. Well, I will say, like, this is also, I'll probably wrap it up, but I just want to say, I think this is the year of the preprocessor. I think that's like CSS preprocessing, where yeah. CSS is really, CSS3 got too complex, and then CSS3, uh, CSS preprocessor just kind of tamed it back in, I thought, and just, yeah. so it yeah. made lives easier. And then, then plus you get all the, uh, you know, all the code kit is just freaking awesome. I think it's just, mm-hmm. and be able to add everything like image optimization and, Sprites and all that stuff. I think it's, it's just the way to go. So it's cool. interesting because those things have been around for a lot, a lot of years, and it's and it's and it's it's interesting. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I will give a caveat that it, it, uh, pre-processing like CodeKit is essentially because it has that GUI that designers like like uh, like I like yeah. uh, can actually use it without being a uh, lover of the command line. So uh, that uh, a lot of programmers are. So, but yeah, but I think this is a, a great way to end uh, our. Uh, Look of the year in web. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. A great pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah. How can people find you on the internets? Uh, I have the same username at everything. It's just my name. So Chris Coyer at Twitter and GitHub and oh, and stuff. <laughs> Anything that where I might conceivably have that username, I do, uh, including at gmail.com if you feel like emailing me. Cool. And uh, thanks to Aaron Walter and Greg Story for sending in their audio um, and thanks to Chris from Canada from pushing the buttons behind the scenes you can follow him on Twitter at iChris on your iDevice of choice and also want to thank Dave McFarland for being my co-host for the year yeah I love it and I also want to say thanks to the listeners it'd be great if you could raise up on iTunes it helps us get the word out about the show in addition to mentioning it on Twitter and Facebook um and as always, you can check out the show notes at nonbreakingspace.tv for all the links and sites discussed during the episode. And that's it. And happy and safe new year, everyone. All right, here we go, and I'm going to totally, totally mess this up. This is this is. So, hey, Chris, how's it going? What? Oh, dude, damn. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Hey, how's it going, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> and in in, in uh, see, there you go. And articulating, which is a great word to mess up on. Hello, and welcome to the non-breaking space. Non-breaking space. <laughs> Future friendly. Wood type revival, a successfully Kickstarter. Oh boy, a successfully Kickstarter funded. <laughs> Don't read it; just go live. Anyways, a successful. <clears throat> uh, Matt, weep. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
great. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! Hey, everyone, I got mail. Did you all hear that? <laughs> yeah. This is a true story. I can't stress this enough. It's like my only good story I have. I either checked you in at South by Southwest <laughs> or I or I made out with you when I was at the Adobe <laughs> party. Our guest for episode... We don't know what episode number this is. <laughs> I hope I didn't get that wrong. That got recorded. When I was your age, we had to class everything by hand. <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on, CSS. Do we really should we be getting personal? Should we be like yelling and screaming at each other over this? Like, can't we all just have a beer? I just, I just, I just, I just. Right. Lucky, luckily, I had somebody beam the maps to my PDA. One sec. I am literally about to hide inside a freight elevator inside a closet. <laughs> this is what my life has come to. You know, everything being done on the client side. Mm-hmm. Right. right. <laughs> that was my pausing for Christopher to oh, okay. yeah so, uh, so sorry I was just like this will be edited out later on um, this, uh, never is though never is though <laughs> <laughs>